the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and the challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecture counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open and we do want to hear from you. That number is one eight eight eight. F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Let us know what's on your mind. Again, the number is one eight 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 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, in our secular world today, we live in a world where we are trained and instructed to follow rules, orders, and responsibilities with our job, with the law, the military sports. Dentists, the government, paying our taxes, and even from a medical perspective, we got to follow our doctor's orders. We make these rules, orders, and responsibilities a priority when we are told to do them. Because if we don't do them, there are severe consequences. But how often do we follow the orders, rules, and responsibility that Jesus instructs and challenges us to do? Well, if we fail to obey Jesus the consequences are even greater and can lead one to eternal hell separated from God throughout all of eternity. So stay tuned to hear about this and much, much more, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that powerful introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And we trust that you will be challenged and blessed by the program tonight and the Word of God tonight. And we want to encourage you uh, to get out your Bibles and to turn to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And we're going to be uh, talking a lot about uh, verse 24. You know, we've been really spending a lot of time in this chapter, chapter 14, and getting the nuggets of God's truth and the applications of God's truth. And and in this chapter, and in this verse as well, verse 24, and Jesus sums up everything regarding all the excuses coming from the religious leaders and just the average, everyday layperson. And he talks about the consequences and the fate of all of these excuses that people even make today in the church and outside the church. We live with excuses. We hide behind excuses, and we also uh, just in denial around excuses. And excuses don't excuse. They only accuse. And in Luke chapter 14, verse 24, uh, Jesus says some profound, a profound thing a powerful thing, an anointed thing, a transforming thing, Jesus says in Luke 14 and 24. Jesus says, 
uh, in summary here, for I say unto you that none of those men which were bitten or invited shall taste of my supper. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. This is not uh, only something that Jesus is referring to in terms of the Jews. He's not referring to the Jews in the sense that all Jews will not make it in, will not taste. This applies to Gentiles as well as Jews who reject the invitation because they will not taste, which means that they will not enter into the kingdom of God and be in fellowship with Jesus throughout eternity. Now, Jesus says something profound here. I want you to notice it. He says, for I say unto you, for I say unto you, these are serious words. Those are serious, profound words. These are obeying words. These are convicting words. These are transforming words. These are changing words. And these are words that you should never ignore. And these are words that are inspiring words. These are words that are warning words. These are words that will authoritative words, should I say. And we need to take heed to what he says when he says, and I say unto you, for I say unto you. He didn't say, this is what the Father is saying to you and the Holy Spirit is saying to you, for I say unto you. This is the the second person of the Trinity. And he's representing the Father, but Jesus In terms of judgment, the Father has given the authority and right to Jesus to judge mankind because Jesus is the God-man, the Anthropos, uh, who came to earth as a man, and he understands man, being a man himself, and this the Father has delegated all rights to Jesus as the God-man, to judge mankind. So he can say, for I say unto you, (laughs) because all authority has been given to him. For I say unto you. In the four Gospels, Jesus says these words over and over again. An example, Jesus says, you have heard it said, Notice the word said. You shall not do this and you shall not do that. But I say unto you. He changes it up and he says, but I say unto you. Here is a change of delegation and authority all shifted to Jesus now as the God man. His words are greater than E.F. Hutton. People always said, when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody better listen. My friend, you better listen to Jesus over E.F. Hutton because E.F. Hutton didn't die for you on the cross. E.F. Hutton can't save you. Matter of fact, he needs to get saved. So the reality is here tonight is that it's better for you. Now listen to me carefully. 
it's better for you to obey what he says unto you now and not wait later because either way, you will hear his words and obey him either now in the, or in the next world because in the next world it says in Philippians 2, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You better acknowledge him as Lord now. Because if you do it or try to do it on the other side, it's going to be too late. You better make sure you not only have insurance, you better make sure you have assurance. That's critical because every knee will bow. This is so profound for I say unto you, let every word of Jesus said unto you, as you hear this message, convict you. For I say unto you, let it not only convict you, but change you, revolutionize you, rearrange you, shape you, make you, break you. For I say unto you, don't let for I say unto you fall on dead soil. Don't let for I say unto you Those seeds sown unto you be snatched up by the devil because he's in the business of seed snatching. The devil is in the business. And if you don't let the words of Jesus, for I say unto you, take root so it can bear fruit, The devil will steal everything you have learned in the church as a child in the Word of God, the sermons that you hear from the pastor every Sunday and days during the week in the Bible study. The devil is in the business of seed snatching, and he wants to snatch away everything Jesus said unto you. You need to not only know what Jesus has said unto you, but you need to Uh, You need to marinate in those words and apply those words and use those words even against the enemy because Satan hates the words of Jesus. He doesn't hate your words, but he hates the words of Jesus. He, He hates the words of God, and that's why Jesus used the words of God when he said in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, it is written. What is written? What God said. See, God said a lot of things to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You you will study, you study sometime chapter 1 and 2, and it says over and over, God said, God said, and God said. And then when you get to chapter 3 of Genesis, then some another voice comes in and, and, and says something. That's the voice of Satan through the serpent. You better know the differences between God's voice and Satan's voice. See, the devil will even steal what you are listening tonight on contending for the faith. Let the words of Jesus, for I say unto you, never leave you. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We do a lot of sinning because we don't have no word in us. 
The Word of God is substance. We have a lot of emotions in us, a lot of feelings in us, a lot of anger in us, a lot of frustration in us, a lot of depression in us, but not the Word of God. We've not hid it in our hearts that we don't sin against God. We are guilty of listening to what everybody else has to say and not what Jesus said unto you. We listen more to our husbands and wives and family and friends and church members and work and the boss and supervisors. But we're not letting Jesus' words become a priority, number one priority, like it says in Matthew 6 and 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We have a lot of things not being added unto us because we're listening to everybody else's voice, even in the world of sports and business and computers and technology and Facebook and, you know, and all these other things, texting, and we don't know anything about texting the, into the text of Scripture. We know a lot about texting. If you don't listen and obey what Jesus said unto you, the results and the consequences and the fate will be this, what Jesus said in Luke fourteen twenty four, For I say unto you, that those men who were invited will not taste. None of those men, or is that going to be you? None of those men will taste. This is something so important for us to come to grips with and come to repentance around. Repent tonight so you can make sure, know that you know that you know, that you will not be in the company of none of those men. You need to be some of those men that are those men that are part of the kingdom of God. Jesus said many are called, but few are chosen. Are you that few that's going to be chosen? Or are you going to be that none of those men? You need to repent tonight, accept Jesus as Lord, ask God to forgive you of your sins, and he will cleanse you from all sins. That's what it says in 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us not from some, but all unrighteousness. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. And you know what? We want to hear from you. The number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Grab your phone right now. Get it off the charger, start dialing that number, and give us a call. We want to hear from you. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you tonight. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 So don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Give us a call tonight. I guarantee you will not get bit. We only bite on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So you're safe tonight. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know what's on your mind, how you were blessed by tonight's message. 
If you have questions or comments or if you need prayer, we're here to pray for you because we believe the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And God hears and answers prayer. So, you know, prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. Always be quick to pray. And, you know, speaking of prayer, we just want to begin by thanking everyone who's been praying for us here at Contending for the Faith. You know, without your diligent prayers, uh, this broadcast would not be happening. We know that. It's your prayers that support us, and it's your financial giving that keeps us on the air. You know, we just thank you so much. We also want to remember those who stepped up to the plate uh, over the last two weeks, Jackie, Jim, and Kim, Bomani, Camille, Richard, Carol, and uh, Rick especially, uh, who hit a home run for us big time. And, you know, it's it's cost us 400 a week to remain on the air. And right now we're sitting at a place where we have enough funds to pay for two broadcasts tonight and next week. And after that, the kitty is empty. So we need your help right now. We need your support. We need you to step up to the plate and hit a home run for contending for the faith. Partner with us financially. I know many of you have been longtime listeners, and many of you have been longtime prayer warriors for us, but not so many of you have ever uh, given to the ministry. And this is a time when the summer months hit and people go on vacations, and often they go on vacation from their giving. And when they come back, they'll find out that their favorite broadcast is on a permanent vacation because they did not remember to give. And so it's so important. It's so critical, especially during the summer, that you remain consistent in your prayers and consistent in your giving. There's two ways you can give. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second one is so much easier. Go on your computer, your laptop, your tablet, and go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and away you will go to be a blessing for time and eternity I truly believe that one day you'll stand before God and you'll say, turn around and you'll see a vast multitude of people. And you'll say, Lord, who are these people? And God's going to tell you, these are the people that made it into heaven as a result of your giving. And it's so important to understand and and have an eternal perspective when it comes to your giving, that your dollars that go toward ministry are going ahead of you into eternity and being a blessing to those uh, that need it. And so it's so vitally important that you partner with us here at Contending for the Faith, not only through your prayers, but also through your giving. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. And just uh, a quick uh, correction, uh, just want to state that um, actually we only have $50 for the next following week. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So that's uh, – we didn't communicate about that uh, too deep, so you know we were rushing at the end here. But um, <laughs> that's it, even worse. So yeah, yes. everybody needs to step up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, so we need your help because if we don't get the amount for uh, next uh, Saturday, uh, you may not uh, hear our voices here. So we only have fifty dollars now in the uh, spiritual tank, and we need more to uh, meet those needs to be here and on the airway. Um, yes, so we, we praise the Lord for being here tonight, and uh, we thank God for the Word, and 
we're looking forward to, um, you know, talking with our callers. And so let's uh, do that, Brother Gary. All right. We're going to go to line one. And somebody named Cece, I don't know who that guy is. Right? I think oh. we have Sally. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I stand corrected. <laughs> Amen. Vince, Vince almost came through the window. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to have Sally. Sorry. Yes. That's all right. Uh, Sister Sally, how are you doing? Well, I'm, I've am i got a sticky wicket for you. Um, it, I was reading John 14 while I was waiting and trying to figure out I've decided God doesn't really want a melting pot, but that was my question, is is every every cultural thing is being turned upside down. And this is my most recent example, standing in the grocery store uh, and mentioning that I wish everybody would learn English because my ancestors all did. And, and uh, the subject of melting pot came up, and... Uh, I had to laugh because I'm, the Lord doesn't want us to be a melting pot. He wants us to be individuals that are in communion. Uh, but, but what would, you know, in the old days, the melting pot was learning to, uh, learning English, getting a job, taking care of your own family, paying your own debts, not getting into debt. Um, you know, all of the things which. From a biblical perspective, a Christian will do by the Holy Spirit's guidance. But what do you? Well, let me say let me say some let me say something on that. Yeah, the melting pot has many different types of meanings, and one of them is what you shared, and that's the positive perspective of it. But it also carries with a a negative in its historical context. Uh, one of the things that uh, I did when I did my doctoral dissertation is that uh, I uh, presented the argument uh, between the uh, melting pot concept and the salad bowl concept because the melting pot concept originated in racism because what it was all about is to melt away everybody's ethnicity to become whitenized. And a lot of a very few people are aware of that, and yet I presented to uh, my doctoral staff, and they loved it the salad bowl concept because the salad bowl is so unique in the sense that uh, it's it's all one, but yet it's distinct. And so we are all one in the body of Christ, but we are distinct, just like a salad. A salad has many different uh, vegetables, you know, uh, with it, but yet it's one. And so we can use that as a uh, model as well for the Christian faith as well. But it's a better concept than the melting pot. I never use that because uh, of its racist concept in its uh, in its originality. Interesting. Very, yes. very good. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I thought you would be blessed by that and do some research on that. And I also have some inf- information that I can probably put together and send to you as well. But do some research and uh, get back with me and let me know what you think. Can I make a comment about that? Sure. Uh, he was undoubtedly pointing to multiculturalism. When he used the concept of melting pot? Yes. Yeah, a lot of people do uh, out of ignorance. They they just don't know that that the melting pot concept is a 
racist concept in its uh, originality. The, I, the I, salad bowl is better. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And I think you've mentioned this before over the years. I have. I have a, a good while back, and you've been with us a long time, so you remember. <laughs> well, yeah, but I didn't remember this week. But, you know, um, I wish everybody would um, stay home and make a meal at home and send what they would have spent eating out to you. Amen. Well, we don't quarrel with that, yeah, because we spend, we waste so much money, and if people would just be thoughtful and appreciative and just, uh, as Brother Gary said, some people have been listening to this program and never have given, and it's important for us to be faithful uh, to support those who are ministering to us and blessing us, and uh, the Lord will bless us if we do that, you know, but uh, we lose out on a lot of blessings because we don't do that, and we wonder why we struggle so much financially because we're not being faithful. So your point is well taken. Okay. Well, th- thank you thank so much. You, thank, you, thank you so much for your, um, your question. That's a, a good question, and you asked the right person for it. Good. I <laughs> knew you'd come through. <laughs> amen. Amen. You all. all righty. God, God bless you. you. God bless you. And then uh, who do we have next? We have Jermaine. Jermaine, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, fellas. Well, that's good. We trust that you got blessed tonight. Oh, yes, I sure did. But I always do. So, you know, there's no more to say about that, but just amen. <laughs> amen. And what's on your heart tonight? What what question you have tonight? Well, um, just something I always see is kind of controversial, is just about uh, pastors and 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 uh, elders and leadership, as far as getting paid for their services, I, I know you fellows and other people out there who are uh, genuine preachers, you, you preach for the love of it because there's no money in the way you guys preach telling the truth, but I noticed that there are some pastors out there who seem to almost dictate an amount, almost as if it's a business, and it's kind of a gray area. I was wondering if you could provide some clarity on just what what is fair and what is going overboard? What is going too far as far as pastors getting salary? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good uh, uh, question. You know, some some pastors pastor and they don't get no salaries, and other pastors pastor and they do get salaries because I mean it's it's biblical uh, just to build a biblical basis that it's biblical to get paid. Uh, a lot of some people don't believe that the pastor should get paid, but. Paul makes it very clear in the book of Romans that they that that they that preach the gospel must live by the gospel. That means that those that he's preaching to uh, that he must live by what he's preaching. So and and I think that the the issue of how much he gets is a fine line because it's up to the it should always be up to the pulpit committee of the church they need to a lot of churches don't have a pulpit committee and 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 also the 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 deacons and the business aspect of the church yes the board exactly and they are the ones who actually should uh come up with a budget for the pastor and uh something that will help him and his family and you know including uh some basic things uh in terms of his travel and other things and medical stuff like that, just sitting on the basic things. But I think when we deal with a lot of people like word faith teachers and even some people in our 
they don't have to be word faith. There's a lot of people in even evangelical churches that go way beyond just the basics, you know. So I, I really do believe that the integrity of the uh, pulpit committee and the board of the church and also the uh, deacons, they all should be the ones of integrity and decide this is the budget that we're going to give to the pastor and uh, he needs to be humble with that. And then just like everybody else, they get a raise every now and then. It'll be good to give him a raise. But when they – the thing that keeps a pastor in check, Jermaine, is when you have a pulpit committee in the church and a board and uh, deacons who are dealing with the business side of things hold the pastor accountable. And what happens oftentimes is we got to look at everything in the church as being – this is the the order, and a lot of people don't like to hear it this way, but it's true. The order of the church is that Christ is the head, and then I believe what comes under the head is the church, and then the pastor. The pastor has to be, uh, you know, in submission to the also the leadership of the church as well, and the pulpit committee, and the and the and the board, and the deacons there. And uh, if if he's not, then they need to let him go and then get another pastor. But they are the ones or the people of integrity, and they need to say this is going to be the budget and this is what we're going to stick with. If he doesn't want to uh, abide by that, then maybe he should go to another church where he gets a, a, a higher salary. So uh, it, it really is no fine line around it other than the fact that if you have an organized church, an organized board of people, an organized pulpit committee, and they have an organized leadership in when it comes to the business, you know, a pastor should not be sticking his hands into the business aspect of the church. That should be in the lap of the board as well as the leadership in terms of the deacons and so forth. What makes things get out of control is when a pastor can stick his hand into every aspect of the church and the church needs to set up those boundaries and guidelines. If they don't do that, you'll have chaos and, and everything. And some pastors have been guilty of trying to control everything. No, uh, that's not your job to do that. Your job is to preach and teach the Word of God and then be blessed with the, whatever the church gives you. And can I jump in here for a second? Yes. Um, you know, also, it, deter- it depends on the size of the church. Um you know, because obviously there are larger churches, and that's a lot more work than, say, a smaller church. And so, you know, a pastor who is doing uh, administrating and doing a lot more uh, may be able to command more because of the size and and the the level of work that they have to do. And it and it takes a certain level of experience as well to uh, be able to pastor a, ch- a large church. I mean, that's just the reality. You don't get there overnight often. You know, it takes some experience and years. And a lot of times, you know, like doc, as Dr. Buckner said, you know, there are committees that, you know, when a, when they need a new pastor, you know, they, they put out a, a large net sometimes and they and they look high and low and they try to find somebody with a proper experience that may have been able to deal with a church of their size and so forth. Also, depending on your denomination, you know, there are certain guidelines that the denomination has and um you know i'm a firm believer in accountability and i think that a lot of times we have to be careful when you're dealing with um n- non-denominational independent kind of churches because a lot of times it's just they make things up as they go 
and uh, there's not a lot of transparency, and you just have to be really be careful. Um, churches should have a, an annual audit, and maybe every five years, you know, um, uh, some uh, review every year and an audit every five years, so that everything is transparent. Uh, the church finances are available at any time, so anybody can see exactly where the funds are going and how they're being used. And you know that's that's just sh- how it should be, so that, that there is the, the church is above rep- reproach. And as Dr. Buckner said, there's checks and balances. You have your board. You have uh, things happening there, so it's not all on the pastor. And the pastor, you know, is, is accountable to somebody. And it's not. They, you know, a lot of times we get this attitude. We're, we set up these boards and things because we want to catch the pastor doing something. No, we want to support the pastor, right? And and free him up so that his main concern is the body and teaching and preaching and keeping that church healthy. And all of that sh- is is you know, there's no greater work if you ask me. And he should be paid for that work. He's got to take care of his family, and he shouldn't have the worries. You know, a lot of, a lot of pastors are bivocational, and, and they have to work another job and still try to run the church. And it's it's a sad thing uh, that they have to split their time that way. So I'm a firm believer that the pastor should get paid, and they should be paid, you know, commensurate to the size of the church and the duties that they're being um, requested to do. That's good, Gary. And the mm-hmm. labor is worthy of his what? It's, it's, his heart. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, and he, they that preach the gospel must live by the gospel. <clears throat> so, uh, thank you, Jermaine. Uh, did you have a uh, any prayer requests, or you were? If not, we'll have to okay. catch you. We'll, we'll catch you. Hold on, and we'll come back uh, after the commercial break. Okay. All right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine. Give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we're going to leave the L alone tonight. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Our toll-free number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Give us a call. Our phone lines are open. We still have time in the broadcast to entertain your questions and comments. And once again, we just want to thank everybody who's been praying for the broadcast. We thank you so much because this is a prayer-driven ministry. And as Doctor Buckner stated. Uh, at our previous break, we are down to the last uh, $50 to maintain this broadcast, and that's uh, an impossibility without your help. So we need you to step up to the plate so that we can continue to do what we need to do. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and we know summertime is a crazy time. People go on vacation, and they often go on vacation from their giving. And we're here to tell you that that's a dangerous thing when it comes to ministries. We need you to be consistent in prayer as well as in your giving. And as I mentioned earlier, many of you have been listening for years and years and have never partnered with us financially here at Contending for the Faith. And now is the time to do it. We really need your help. We need your financial support to continue to pay the bills, to keep the broadcast on the air. It's that simple. Uh, So if you... uh, are blessed by the Lord to be able to do that. If God has given you a little extra above the tithe this month, consider partnering with us here at Contending for the Faith. Your money is going to touch lives for time and eternity. It's not just going toward a hamburger. It's not just going in the gas tank, but it's going into eternity where it's going to have an eternal impact on lives of people on earth right now. So we want to encourage you 
Now is the time to give. Now is the time to step up to the plate and knock a home run for contending for the faith so that we can continue to do what we need to do. There's two ways you can give. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, um, five, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. And by the way, um, before we get back to Jermaine, there was a wonderful letter that was sent to us a number of weeks ago. And uh, it was during the, a week after you had gave the Bible study FaceTime, and I thought the people would be blessed by hearing this wonderful letter. I've been intending on giving oh, it to okay. you to read, and uh, go ahead and share it tonight. It says, Dear Dr. Bugner, thank you for your teaching uh, that keeps us on our toes and encourages us to keep studying. I also enjoyed the discussion um, on uh, prayer times with the callers, and I also take their concerns to the Lord in prayer and pray along with you. It is really a family of believers. I pray for you and Nancy, too, Gary and Rick. God bless you. Uh, Sandy, P.S. Gary did a great job Saturday the 24th. The analogy of FaceTime with God was inspiring. Wow. Well, that's encouraging, Dr. Buckner. That's it's always encouraging. It's always wonderful to, to know that people are listening and that they're being blessed by what we're doing. Amen. That's what I always encourage people to do is to send us notes and just uh, email us and just let us know how much this program is blessing you. Well, Jermaine, are you still there? I am. Yes. Do you have any uh, – hopefully we're able to help you with that question. Uh, it's tremendous. I think if uh, if a lot of churches behave the way you guys laid it out, then – we wouldn't have to have these questions because, you know, people have been burned, so that's why they have questions. So thank you for that. Yes, you're welcome. And do you have any prayer requests? Yeah, just some, you know, uh, just some family decisions to make as far as uh, a career and uh, leadership. And then also uh, just pray for you guys to, to receive those those funds that are vital to keep you on the air, just from everyone listening. Just pray that God would open up their hearts and, and uh, we can all support you. Amen. All right. We appreciate that. And... So, Brother Gary, let's go before the Lord in prayer on this. All right, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Jermaine. We thank you for his question, Lord God. I know he's got to make some decisions, Lord God. And, and Lord God, he, he listens to you. He, he, he prays. He calls upon your name, Lord God. And we know, Lord God, that you're, you're a way maker. We know, Lord God, that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And we pray that you order his steps. We pray that you give him clear direction to, for decisions and, and things that he needs to make, Lord God. Help him to know and have that discerning heart that, that to know you're leading him in the, in the correct direction and knowing which doors to open and which doors to close, Lord God. We just pray that you meet every need that's represented in his family right now, whether it's a physical need, a spiritual need, an emotional need, or a financial need. Meet every need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And, Lord God, as he mentioned also, we just pray for the finances of uh, contending for the faith that, Lord God, you'd open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing we couldn't contain. Press down, shade together, running over to our laps, Lord God, to continue to do the work that we need to do, Lord God. We just trust you. We believe that you're going to touch hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And thank you, Jermaine, for your call and your question tonight. All right. Thank you. God All right. God bless you. 
All right, we're going to go to Sister Langston. Are you there? I am here. Oh, how are you doing this evening? I am doing absolutely wonderful, Dr. Buckner, and so happy that I finally picked up the phone to call <laughs> and have some input into contending for the faith. Amen. Well, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wait so long. <laughs> okay. Well, it was, listen, it was so good time. to meet you the other night, by the way, Sister Langston. Jerry Bell, I've met you before. <laughs> well, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yes, but it was good to see you. Yes. And you did do an excellent job the night that you had to stand in that place that not the usually In that hot seat, yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And what's okay, the- so my thoughts tonight. Or around, I've been doing some studying about the uh, rise of Protestantism and the early development of the United States and the country that we came out of, England. And I discovered in my studies that I had always thought that the government was responsible for schools and education and what have you. And I have found out that it's actually the churches that began Mm -hmm. to educate the clergy and began to uh, educate the public because they believed that people should be able to read the Bible, and so they developed Sunday schools and so forth. And then I started thinking about where my hometown, St. Louis, Missouri, where we have the Cornet Word Hospital, Missouri Baptist Hospital, St. John Mercy Medical Center, and we have so many institutions of higher learning that are funded and developed by the church. We have children's homes for to shelter orphans. My question is, when did the focus of the church turn from this kind of work to how much the pastor earns and mm-hmm. entertaining the members, and it became so inwardly focused as a you know as in regards to membership as opposed to conducting this kind of work. I've never heard of a church building a hospital in my lifetime, but yet there are many hospitals and universities, and there are different other worthwhile beneficial institutions that have been built and funded by the church. Mm-hmm. What happens? Oh, yeah. Everything you're saying, uh, Sister Langston, is right on target. And and we and we haven't really given the church enough credit historically to what it has done. The problem today is uh, we, uh, many of our churches are lacking from what the early church, and because the early church did these things in the book of Acts, they were doing ministry all over to the needs of people and then the first, second, third century and on down. And so it's a wake-up call. I think that when the churches fail to do their job, then society fails. And this is the problem in our world today is that when the when the church goes corrupt and starts to get into heresy and all sorts of false teachings and not doing what God calls her to do, then the society goes down uh, to the pits. And that's why God literally said, you know, when he was getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, I always ask the question, I say, uh, why did God destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? And a lot of people will say, well, because of the homosexuality. I said, no, that's not why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because he could not find enough righteous people to preserve it. And so when we're not, Jesus said to be the salt and light of the world. And so 
when we have lost all of that and not doing what the Lord called us to do, the church suffers and society suffers because everything begins with the church. And that's what uh, why Jesus and was in the Old Testament was telling the, the Abraham, if I can just even narrow it down to 10 righteous people, I'll preser- preserve the, the city. But the same thing is true today. We, we don't have enough righteous people preserving what we need to have in our society today. Therefore, the society is going to pits today. Yes, I, I can see that. It, it's just that we seem to have lost our way. I was amazed to read about the great things that the church has done. Mm-hmm. I mean, institutions that cost millions and millions of dollars and done for the benefit of society and the benefit of people. And today we're reduced to a point of arguing over how much the pastor gets paid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And see, it, 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 and we, if we only do, this is what I was saying earlier in my message, uh, you know, Jesus talked about what I, for what I say unto you. So one of the things that he said unto us, and, you know, is Matthew 25. I was hungry. You fed me not. Thirsty. You gave me no drinks. Sick and in prison. You visited me not. And as much as you did not to the least of these, my brethren, you did not unto me. And James talks a lot about this stuff. We, t- we talked about this in the class. So everything you're bringing out is so important. And thank you for that. And we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dr. Buckner. And I just want uh, the listeners to know that so much of what we look to the government for was provided by the church. Amen. <laughs> also, I want to encourage the other listeners not only to contribute to the program, but to ask your friends and relatives to listen and contribute. If we all put in a little, we can accomplish a lot. But just tell somebody else about the program ask them to listen, and then ask them to contribute also so you can stay on the air. Thank you so much. We appreciate that, and we hope that they will take heed to that. God bless you and your family as well. Thank you for your wonderful call. God bless you. All right. Thank you. You You know, Dr. Bugnar was recently at Stanford University, and, you know, it was started by two Christian people. Yes, yes. (laughs) Matter of fact, a lot of the schools like Harvard and places like that, Harvard, Ivy League uh, institutions. Yes. Gramlin. Mm-hmm. I, when I spoke at Gramlin, and they had me come in there and speak, and the administration was crying when I was speaking, and they said, Dr. Buckner, we don't know what to do. Our, our school started off as Christian, Harvard and all of them, but they've gotten away. When we get away, our society just deteriorates. Let's try to squeeze in. We may have a few minutes try to squeeze in. Uh, Cece, thank you for hanging in there with us. Cece, are you there? Hey, how you doing? Uh, we're blessed. And yourself? I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Well, good, good. Let me get to your question because we're almost out of time. But uh, what's, your, what's your question tonight? Uh, in John sixteen thirteen. Yes. And uh, what, what's your question regarding that? Um, um, what does he mean by that passage? I know, I know you don't got much time, so just give me something real quick. Okay. Well, this this uh, one thing I want to say about uh, John. John is such an exciting book because, especially John chapters fourteen through sixteen, you talk about Trinitarian texts. You couldn't find any better Trinitarian texts than John chapters fourteen through sixteen. If you read in those chapters, you'll see you talk about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
interchangeably over and over and over again. This is one of the most powerful Trinitarian texts in the Bible, John chapter 14 through 16. And John 16 and 13, uh, when he talks about all truth, I mean, he's building upon the, the inspired word of God. When he says, when he said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, when it talks about the spirit of truth, the spirit is the one who has inspired the writers. He has inspired the apostles. He's inspired this book, the Bible. It's come. He will guide you into all truth, but he will not only, he not only guided them into all truth, and this is how we get the Bible, but he will guide us into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, because the Holy Spirit has come to glorify Jesus. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you the things to come. You know what I'm going to do? We're going to pick up with this question next Saturday. So I'm going to get back to this and elaborate it up on it more. But thank you for hanging in there with us, CC, and God bless you. And we'll come back to this next week, Brother Gary. All right. Thank well, you. Thank you. We've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Brother Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. As we mentioned before, your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. You can also send your donations to that same address or go to contendingfaith.org and hit the Donate button. Uh, please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 